Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Time for the 49ers Rush Podcast. All right, we are finally in the top 20 of the 49ers roster countdown. Hopefully you've enjoyed this journey. Um, through this incredible roster that's been assembled, and ho- hopefully you're coming across a little bit thankful. I- imagine doing <laughs> a 90-man roster countdown back in 2017. Um, it- it's it's different. The 49ers have built something pretty special as far as the roster goes, and we've got somebody special this year. Second-year player Elijah Mitchell, who came in. It didn't take him long to establish dominance despite being the last pick um, for the 49ers in the 2021 draft. Uh, Just absolute stud stepped in week one and never relinquished the rights of running back one. And I don't think he's going to for a while. I think this is going to be at least through his rookie deal, which we got three years left. He's going to be the guy. Uh, And it was incredible. You know, Elijah Mitchell came out to our 49ers Rush Road Trip draft party in Vegas. Was incredible meeting him. Such a cool kid, man. I don't say kid. He's 24. He's got two kids of his own. He's a grown man um, and big. You can tell he added some weight this year. Now, he's jersey number 25, 5'10", 200 pounds. Entering his second season. So we're going to be going over stat projections. I'm going to show you some highlights, some game film. Um, We're going to look back to what he did in high school, what he did in college, what he did last year for the 49ers. But most importantly, what do we expect for him in 2022? That's the whole point of this countdown, right? So we got a lot in store for you today. Um, And man, he's fun because he played at Erath High School. What's it? That's in Louisiana, South Central Louisiana. Whenever I say South, go South further. <laughs> it's actually further South than New Orleans. So it's in the center center of the state, but it's South of Lafayette. Like it's, you got like one road, then you're in the Gulf. Um, great food down there, by the way. Uh, he was kind of raised on a farm, you know, his high school football coach, um, Billy Napier, uh, the Louisiana college coach, sorry, um, said, quote, he'll show up at the complex in jeans and boots on. Uh, he's been out on the farm. This is a no-nonsense family. That's what he is, and that's what he brought to the entire game, uh, you know, to the 49ers. He's the son of Milton and Penny Mitchell. He has four, brother, li- four brothers. Listen to these brothers' names. Incredible. Jeremiah, right? Remember, his name's Elijah, right? Jeremiah, Devontae Augustus, Claude Augustus, and Marquise Augustus. Those are pretty cool names. Um, His brother, Jeremiah, played football and basketball. His other brother, Devontae, ran track and played basketball. Um, And, you know, if you look at Mitchell, whenever he went to the University of Louisiana, he majored in general studies. As I said, he kind of, he has two uh, kiddos. Now, we'll talk a little bit more about his high school in college resume, but I thought this was very, very important. I kind of wanted to lead with this. As we continue going through this and getting to know these players and stuff like that, the texture that is provided with their life stories, I think is important. And 
you know, whenever they were in college, he led his team to a victory of the final 2020 season. Okay, so what, right? If I just tell you that, it means absolutely nothing. But the team dedicated that game to their coach, uh, the late coach, Coach Looney, who was their offensive line coach who died of a heart attack earlier that year at a team practice. He was only 32 years old, something kind of out of the blue. And Mitchell and the offense, quote from Mitchell, it was very important to end the season with a win. We've been through so much with Coach Looney and just everything going on, and we just put it in our minds that we just wanted this year to be great no matter what the circumstances. And so, again, you you find these players, different motivations for everybody, right? Whether it's your job or football, it doesn't matter. Different things get people going. This is somebody that's an empathetic player that has a lot to play for. Right? He's got a family of his own, you know, providing for that, which is important. And remember, this is a six-round draft pick. We'll, we'll go through the draft profile, but, like, this dude's not making millions and millions of dollars yet. So he's playing for that second deal. Um, and, you know, he kind of prides himself on being tough, hardworking, running back, which it, it comes across. There's no doubt about that. And if you go back to what he did in high school, baseball and football star, Four-year varsity starter for football. Listen to these high school records. Uh, Rushing yards, 6,220 yards rushing. Uh, Yards from scrimmage, 6,500 touchdowns. He scored 90 touchdowns in high school. His cousin, Brandon Mitchell, was a second-round pick in the NFL, uh, number 59 overall in 1997 by the Patriots and won a Super Bowl with them um, in 2002. So, yeah, there's, there's a lot here. There's a lot here. And, you know, he goes to Louisiana. Man, here, let's throw up some film while we're talking about his college tape. Uh, this is all from last year. You know, I pulled this off of our Patreon page. It, it, it This is week one. The first play right here, as week one, this dude showed up and proved to everybody he belonged. The speed is there. Now, when he went to Lafayette, or Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns, he appeared in five games. Um did have an injury um, in the second half of the season, which caused him to miss time. Then he came out in 2018, his sophomore year, started 13 games. Um, ended the year with 1,334 total yards from scrimmage, 16 touchdowns. The dude just ran the ball, ran the ball, ran the ball. Was the only person in the conference who had 100 yards rushing one game and 100 yards receiving one game. Um, you go to his 2019 junior season, appeared in all 14 games. Um and was the leading rusher for the team. And, man, they were – it was incredible what they were able to do. One of the best rushing teams in college. They rushed for 3,600 yards and 42 touchdowns. And, you know, Mitchell was a big part of that. 1,100 yards, 16 touchdowns by himself. Then his senior year um, was the top back. He appeared in 10 games and played pretty well. Um it, he just was able to collect yards consistently. And we saw that with his rookie year. He's not the biggest, most explosive runner despite his speed, which we'll go over in a second. He's just consistent. Just consistent. And I'll tell you all of his metrics versus you know the top running backs in the, country, in, in the NFL last year. He measures with all of them. And, I mean, shoot, this play right here, you can see him if you're watching this on YouTube. Contact, yards after contact is his specialty. Gets hit in the backfield, makes two miss, and still gets another five yards after the fact. That's what he does. 
Um, some awards that he got in college, 2021 LSWA First Team, um, First Team All-Sun Belt Conference, Second Team All-Sun Belt Conference back in 2019, First Team All-Louisiana, Second Team, I mean, it's just awards, 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 awards. That's kind of what he piled up. Very, very productive. Now he goes, he did not get invited to the Combine. So these are all pro day numbers, which are usually inflated. Uh, but man, even if they're inflated by a little bit, it's still beyond impressive. He ran a four three five forty yard dash, which is top ninety seven percent. Now, did we see four three speed from him his rookie year? I don't think so. But four four speeds there. I don't know about four three. His twenty yard split, ninety ninth percentile. He gets there quick. Um, he got some big old legs. There's no doubt about it. Three cones, six, nine, four. Great vertical 37 and a half. Great 17 bench press reps. Great 128 inch broad jump. Great top 94%. And if you just look at the, the metrics and the comparables, his closest athletic comp is Travis Etienne, who was a first round pick next closest Brees Hall. <laughs> who was the second round pick, right? Uh, he might've went in the third. Um, but anyway, like, he is fun. Now let's talk about what he did last year, which is what we're showing you right now if you're watching these clips, this film. He only started 10 games, played in 11. That's it. Like it's weird whenever you think back, like he was there most of the time, right? No, he wasn't. He missed a lot of time. But despite only playing in 11 games, 31 rush attempts where he gained 10 plus yards. Led all rookie running backs more than Najee Harris and was fifth in the entire NFL. The only people that had more 10-plus yard carries than him, Jonathan Taylor, Nick Chubb, Dalvin Cook, and Joe Mixon. This dude played 11 games <laughs> as a rookie and is already there. 42 missed tackles forced, 11th best in the NFL. 901 yards after contact. Again, put that into perspective. Najee Harris had 944 yards after contact but had 50 extra carries. I mean, it, if you look at Elijah Mitchell, 3.44 yards after contact per carry. If you just got 3.44, that's not bad. So this tells you, man, if you block and get him anything, you're getting your four yards to carry, which is all you want, right? Because that's what Shanahan wants. I'm going to block it for you. You get me a little extra. That's what he wants. Now, did the big plays pop off? Did he get a lot of 50-yard, 60-yard touchdowns? No, he didn't. That's not his game, but he's a chain mover. 57 first downs gained, seventh best in the NFL. And again, keep in mind, only played in 11 games. It's unbelievable um, what he was able to accomplish. Now, if we look at what's the best case scenario, okay, for Elijah Mitchell in 2022, he's the running back one to start. There's no doubt about it. Um, the 49ers have had a different running back lead them in rushing every year under Kyle Shanahan. Not this year. Not this year. It's going to be the Elijah Mitchell show. Uh, it's just, they want that one-two punch, right? That's why they drafted TDP. Whether, you know, Trey Sermon shows up, which he's looked good, or whether Jeff Wilson takes a huge stride, or Hasty or Jordan Mason, or something. Don't matter. None of that matters. One is defined for the first time in a long time. That's Elijah Mitchell. It's Elijah Mitchell's show. Now, keep in mind, only 11 games last year, which is important. Listen to this stat line for 2011. 2021, sorry, last year. 207 carries, 963 rush yards, 4.7 yards per carry. That's probably the most important. 
five touchdowns, receiving 19 receptions on 20 targets. He's a reliable receiver. They don't use him too much there. I think he's too valuable in the running game, so they try to preserve him a little bit. Um, had 137 yards receiving and one touchdown. Remember that awesome uh, swing pass from Trey Lance for that touchdown? That was awesome. I think it was against the Texans. Now my projections. What do I see Elijah Mitchell doing moving forward? It's easy to say he's going to be a good year. It's easy to say he's going to be the running back one. That's easy. You got to break out this calculator, do some projections, and put in some numbers. All right, so what do I have Elijah Mitchell accomplishing for the 2022 49ers? 256 carries. I've got a big uptick. Not necessarily in carries per game. I just think he's going to play more games. 1,203 yards, still keeping that 4.7 yards per carry average, and nine touchdowns. 1,200 yards rushing, nine rushing touchdowns. I I think that's possible. Now, the one caveat I had whenever I was making this, how soon can Ty Davis Price win that number two running back role? Because if he does win that, I think TDP will be very, very prominent in the red zone, which could hurt Elijah Mitchell's touchdowns because that's TDP special. He's a touchdown guy. That, that's just, he's short yardage touchdown. I, you know, Elijah Mitchell, a little more between the 20s and then, you know, third and short goal line, TDP, get that extra weight in there. He's bringing an extra 25 pounds compared to Elijah Mitchell. Um, I think that that will be impactful there. So the one stat where I was like, mm, not quite sure is rushing touchdowns. I have him at nine. That number could be six or seven. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked at all. Receiving projection. I got him getting 28 targets, not too many more. 22 catches, so lowering that drop, uh, the catch rate, which was like off the charts last year, um, for 193 yards receiving and two touchdowns. He's going to eclipse that 1,000-yard mark. The only thing stopping him right now is health. Can that interior offensive line do well blocking? I'm not too concerned about that. I'm concerned about them pass blocking, not run blocking. They're made to in this zone system. So I'm not worried about Aaron Banks, not worried about Jake Brindle, not worried about any of those backups if they step in there. Not a concern. Run blocking. Pass blocking is where the concern is. I love Elijah Mitchell. He is going to be fun. Incredible dude. And, you know, whenever he came out to the draft party, everybody talked about just how nice of a guy he was. Just down-to-earth, legit, good dude. Um, all the, you know, families that were there and the kids, he was incredible. Um, so want to say thank you to him, all that he's helped with the 49ers rush road trip and all those things excited for this guy. Number 20. All right. We're up to number 19 inside the top 20 of the 2022 49ers roster countdown. And man, maybe one of the more polarizing players in the views of the fans that's defensive end edge player, Samson Ebukam. Incredible story, which we're going to get through. His stats has a lot more in common with some of the 49ers players from the past than uh, I originally thought, and I even did a free agent write-up on him. Um, But, you know, the more you dive into these players, the more connections you learn, and the football world's very connected. Uh, It is a a microorganism that just has so many connections uh, that, you know, yeah, I wouldn't have guessed. He's entering into his sixth season. And he's got a little bit of a cap hit. We'll get into the contract. We're going to show some uh, film highlights. We are also going to dive into, we're going to get to hear the defensive coordinator, D'Amico Ryans, talking about his progress, things like that. So uh, buckle in. We got a lot because, you know, whenever free agency period hit, uh, Samson, a lot of people were floating around on Twitter and other places. This would be a release candidate or a trade candidate. 
I never saw that. It never came to fruition, and I don't think it is either way. I think the 49ers see Samson as a starter, and there's a reason why I have him number 19. And if you look back and see what he did in 2021, pretty sizable. And if you look forward and what he will do in 2022, he's going to have a very large role at a premium position, um, the edge player in the 49ers defense. And think about all the defensive ends that they have on this roster He's up there, man. He's got to get a lot more snaps than Drake Jackson. That's just the reality of the situation his rookie year. Now, that will he be on the team next year? I don't think so. I think this is his last year with the 49ers. But this is a who's going to have the biggest impact this year. And that's why Samson comes in at 19. He wears jersey number 56, six foot three, 245. He's 27 years old, entering into his sixth season. Speed freak athlete. Hey, that, that's what you need. We'll get over. We'll get into some measurements for sure. But this dude, whoo, uh, absolute freaking behemoth of a human being. Went to David Douglas High School in Portland, Oregon, and stayed up in the Northwest and went to Eastern Washington, the Red Field. If you've ever watched film, it's like Boise, but it's solid red. It's annoying as hell. Uh, was a communication studies major, uh, three star recruit, and while he was at Eastern West Washington. Guess who he was teammates with? Kendrick Bourne and Cooper Cup. A pretty stout team for a lower division school, and they accomplished a hell of a lot while those three were there, uh, all graduating the same year, moving on to the NFL. Now, just some of the background on him. And you know what? I'm going to go ahead and throw up some film. Uh, this was an um, when the 49ers signed him in 2021, before the 2021 season, um, he was with the Rams for four years. Never One of the craziest stats I've found on him, he has never missed one game in five years of the NFL. He's played every one. And with the Rams and the 49ers, he's been in the playoffs almost every damn year and never missed a game. This dude is the ultimate dependable player in the NFL, which is crazy to me because you have the same kind of 49ers trolls talking about cutting and releasing him or trading him. And then at the other side of their mouth, they're talking about how, man, we need players that are more dependable. This is the most dependable player in the NFL. Uh, <laughs> he has not missed one game in five years despite having a very, very high snap rate. So this is a um, cut up that I did of his time with the Rams. And again, they, they were running, you know, a 3-4 and he was doing the outside backer stuff off the edge. But uh, similar, not not the, not the same, but it's similar. And, man, you can just see effort, speed, explosion, strength. That's what he brings to the table. Now, he was born, and I'm going to mess this up, Onit Shah, Nigeria. He and his family moved to the United States at the age of nine years old. Um, played defensive end and tackle and fullback as a senior in high school. Placed second in both the shot put and javelin at the state 6A track championships for Oregon. So yeah, he's got some upper body strength. There's no doubt about it. Earned first team all Mount Hood Conference honors as a defensive end and honorable mention as a tight end. He was just an absolute stud. Um, now some honors that he has won in his time. In college, 2013 Freshman All-American Team, 2013 Big Conference um, All-Academic Team. Again, that's the most common denominator of all these players on the roster. 
all academic team, very important. 2014, second team, all Big Sky Conference. Um, 2014, all academic team, Big Sky Conference. 2015, second team, all Big Sky Conference. 2015, all academic team. 2016, preseason first team, all Big Sky Conference. Two, um, and sure enough, he, he ended up making it through a season, first team, all Big Sky. Third team, all American. First team, all American from the AFCA. 2016 Big Sky Conference All Academic Team, and again never missed a game. He hasn't missed anything. That's incredible to me. Um, played mostly outside linebacker, as you're seeing in these clips with the Los Angeles Rams. Um, whenever he signed with the 49ers, he struggled a little bit early. Not so much that he struggled; he just wasn't productive. Okay, it's not like he was having negative plays out there. He just wasn't having impact plays. That changed halfway through the season and on the playoff run. During the playoff run, dude went. He he had a really really good stretch. Those last five to six games was very very good. Now let's just look at his metrics. Six, you know, six three two forty five. Whenever he came into the league, six two two forty. His 40, he did not get invited to the combine, being from a smaller school. And so a lot of these numbers, you know, you can say whatever you want, but they're pro day numbers, not combine numbers. 4.4540 as an edge player weighing 245 pounds, that's pretty stupid. Uh, it's really, really, really good. 24 bench press reps, very strong upper body. 7.03, uh, sorry, 7.023 cone. That's incredible. 39-inch vertical, insane. 10-10 broad jump, shows his lower body explosiveness. Freak athlete, man. That's just what he is. Now, my scouting report before he ever took a snap with the 49ers, uh, I wrote this down in all caps. Speed, 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 and more speed. That's just what he brings off the edge. Now, he's not a bend guy like Bosa or Drake Jackson. That's not really what he has. It's speed and power and athleticism, and it shows on every play. Like, you're watching these. Yeah, these are highlights that I cut up, but at the same time, like, everybody else looks slower than him. This is in the NFL now that these clips are coming out at you. Like, his speed translates. Amazing hustle, um, and most production comes off effort. Again, the antithesis to Bosa and Drake Jackson, who are elite talents with elite traits um, for the edge position. That's not who Samson is. Samson is a freak athlete who happens to play defensive end. Very strong upper body. Um, sometimes he surprises you with his leverage, but he's not great getting off the block. Um, I put this bad in coverage, but guess what? We don't run a 3-4. He won't be doing that for us. He played 15 snaps in coverage for the 49ers last year in 2021. Doesn't Does miss tackles too often. This was one of the things that I, I was very pleasantly surprised with. He's had five missed tackles every single year in the league coming into his year last year with the 49ers. Guess how many missed tackles he had for the 49ers last year? A big donut. Zero missed tackles in his entire year for the 49ers. Zero. Which is incredible whenever you realize, okay, Samson had 681 defensive snaps. Zero missed tackles. The next closest 49er that had zero missed tackles was Diamador Lenore, who had 238 snaps. I mean, I, I couldn't believe it. Um, I had to double-check two sources, and yeah, like, no missed tackles. So what are the things that Samson brings, you know, uh, to the table? Consistency, high energy, high effort, and athleticism and speed. And he doesn't make bad plays. Now, is he a huge impact player? No, he's not. 
but he's consistent. So on that strong side defensive end, apart from Bosa, who's getting double teamed and all that stuff, you have a very reliable, consistent understanding of the, the defense. And this permeates... The entire defensive structure. If you look at D'Amico Ryan's in the linebacker court, we've talked at nauseum about the difference between Drake Greenlaw and Aziz. Did you know that you can now win up to 100 times your money on prize picks with as little as four correct picks? You can turn $10 into 1000 with basketball, hockey, college basketball entries today on prize picks, America's number one fantasy sports app. And here's what's great. It... it you can get action on sports on more than 30 different states across the country, including California, Texas, and Georgia. On top of that, you got playoff basketball actions on the horizon, and this is the best place to take advantage of all of basketball's postseason actions. Some of these player props. Nikolai Jokic for over 10 rebounds. Anthony Davis more than two blocks. Lillard, four three-pointers made. You get to pick exactly how you want to use your bets. So, download the app today. Use code 49ers49ERS for a deposit match up to $100. Again, that's promo code 49ers for a first deposit match up to $100 over on prize picks. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Al Shire, which they're both incredible, but right? Who gets the most playing time? Drake Greenlaw. Why? He's the most consistent. You can look at the defensive end, you know, whether it's Charles Aminihue or Drake Jackson or, you know, Samson Ebukam, which again, you know, I've said this before in videos. Those three are in the same tier for me. I have Samson at the top. He's going to be the starter. 49ers see him as a starter. But those three are kind of in a tier of their own. You know, the, the next tier down is going to be Kamiko Ture, Jordan Willis, Kerry Hyder, those guys. But it goes Bosa by himself, then Ebukam, Drake Jackson, and Charles Omenihu. The reason why Ebukam gets so many more snaps is just consistency. Doesn't make mistakes. That's not what he does. He was drafted in the fourth round, pick number 125 by the Rams in 2017, and he's gotten a lot of playing time. Um, again, never missed a game. He's played in every single game he's been at. Um, he's played in every game. <laughs> um, he had two starts his rookie year, 14 starts next year, five starts third year, 14 starts um, his fourth year, and then with us, 11 starts. Remember, he didn't start outside until they kicked Armstead inside, and that's when the defense blew up. More because of Armstead than Ebukam, but still, that's there. If you look at what he accomplished last year for the 49ers, just regular season stats, by the way. One pass breakup, one forced fumble, four and a half sacks, which three straight years he's had four and a half sacks. Um, 38 tackles, five tackle for loss, 11 quarterback hits. 
dive into a little more deeper analytics. He had 45 total pressures, third most on the team behind Bosa and Armstead. That's kind of where he fits. 26 solo run stops. That's fourth most on the defensive line behind Bosa, DJ Jones, and Eric Armstead. 681 defensive snaps. Third most on the defensive line behind, guess who? Bosa and Armstead. That's where this team sees him. Is he one of those elite guys like Bosa Armstead? No, he's not. But he is a starter. And they are fine keeping him out there as a starter. The contract. And I think this is where a lot of the... Um, casual fans kind of jump to the conclusion of trade or release. He signed a two-year, $12 million deal with the 49ers uh, March 15th, 2021. He has an $8.2 million cap hit this year. That's a lot. Eh, it's not a whole lot. Um, it's 32nd in the NFL, just if you look at edge players. That's it. Just defensive ends, it's the 32nd highest cap hit. So it is a little high. Um, and I think that's where the trade stuff started. And if the 49ers did trade or cut them, they would save $6.5 million. That's not the way they're going to operate. You're talking about a team that values the defensive line more than any other position, perhaps in quarterback. No way in hell they're going to cut who they perceive as a starter to save $6.5 million. It would take – they'd have to get a fourth-round pick for this guy in order to move off from him. And I don't think anybody's going to offer that, again, because the cap hit. Four and a half sacks, fourth round pick, you're not getting it. I think what's going to happen instead, you keep Samson Ebukam and you allow him to be the starter until Drake Jackson or Charles Aminahue develop and take over that role, which I think Drake Jackson would be that candidate, not Samson. But you uh, that's a luxury that you have. And six and a half million dollars in cap space, that's not going to make you feel better about it. You have depth at a premium position. Why jinx it for six and a half million cap space? I don't even see it. And plus, on top of that, let's say you keep him for this year and eventually Drake Jackson usurps um, Samson. Great. Now, Samson has an expiring contract. He's in a contract year. He gets to go sign somewhere else, let's just say, for six to eight million dollars, very similar to what we paid him. That's a six round comp pick, which the 49ers love that entire position. So even if you do trade them now, you're already going to be getting a pick next year if you let them walk for free. They're not trading Samson unless somebody blows the doors off. But again, I don't think a fourth round pick's coming through the door for Samson. Maybe if another team that's, you know, playoff caliber loses a big time star, they want this as a backup, sure. But again, I just do not see it. I think Charles Minihu would more likely be traded because his contract is friendlier to trade, but that's just me. He's going to play out this year, and eventually you'll get a comp pick for him, so it's the best of both worlds. 49ers are not really big. Um, let me say it this way. The 49ers are really smart in playing the delayed gratification game. Allow him to play this year. Allow him to walk next year. Get that comp pick the following year. Delayed gratification is a great, great thing. Something I try to teach my students and players all the time. Uh, not sure I succeeded at that. Now, his career earnings. He's made $10 million in his career thus far, which will almost double this year. Um, he's got $6.5 million coming his way if he can stay healthy. And again, contract year, plus never missed a game in five years. It's a safe bet. He's going to be out there. Um, 46 career starts, 81 games played. You look at his career stats, um, one interception. He's got two touchdowns, um, defensive touchdowns, seven pass breakups, seven forced fumbles, four for, uh, fumble recoveries, 18 and a half sacks, 188 tackles, 21 tackles for loss, 39 quarterback hits. Decent production. 
And if you look at just minicamp and OTAs, he took every single first team rep, every single one of them. And here's D'Amico talking about Samson and camp. With Samson, at, towards the end of last year, he definitely started to ascend as far as when it comes to pressure on a quarterback. He uh, started to gain a lot more pressure. I think the more comfortable he got just playing a position and, you know, he's picked up exactly where he's left off. So here in camp, he's been doing a really good job of continuing that, getting pressure, doing those things, all the things that we ask him to do. So Samson is uh, it's definitely a guy who's getting better up front. He's starting week one, guys. That's all there is to it. Uh, he's starting opposite of Bosa. I don't think there's any question about it. And hopefully he picks up where he left off last year, like D'Amico said, on that ascension, right? You know, he was good, not great. He was close to great. Um, and his snap rate only went up as we went into the playoffs and down the stretch of last year. I expect that to continue until until about week 10. And I think that's when it's going to start to shift slightly to getting Drake Jackson some more playing time. So let's go through my 2022 projections for Samson. Um, last year, 681 snaps. I've got it going down some to 600. Still going to start early. But as you get later in the season, I think it's going to be a little bit more of a split. 38 tackles last year, I got him getting 40. I think his production level is going to stay high. Five tackles for loss last year, I got him getting six, a little more efficient. I'm keeping quarterback hits and sacks the same just because that's where he's been for three straight years. 11 quarterback hits, four and a half sacks, just like last year. Copy and paste. That's just who he is. And that's okay. He doesn't have to be the sack guy. He needs to be the no negative play guy. That's his role on this team. 45 pressures last year. I got him getting 48 this year because I think the defensive line is going to be considerably better. Um, I really, really do. So he's a lock. He's here. I like Samson. I really, really do. I get he might not be the sexiest pick or the sexiest starter. But again, remember this. This is the one thing take away from this. No team in the NFL values defensive line play more than the 49ers. And they got this guy picked as a starter. That should carry weight with the fans, and that should carry weight into the 2022 season for Samson. I'm excited about this guy. Great human. Uh, great player. Great teammate. He's just great across the board. Uh, production levels might not match that, but he is still important. We are now at number 18 on the 49ers roster countdown. We're getting close to the finish line here. Aaron Banks. Um, golly, man. It's an untold story. You know, so many people assumed, myself included, I'll throw myself in this, that he was a plug-and-play starter at right guard last year. Everybody assumed, you know, second-round pick, all those things. It never came to fruition, none at all. Um, Single-digit snaps on the year. We saw nothing, which makes it very interesting. Now, Kyle Shanahan's come out and said he was ready to start halfway through last year, but they wanted to keep... Lakin at left guard, and they really thought that Banks should stay at left guard as well. He struggled on the right side. Um, so what we're going to do today, we're going to jump into some film. I'm going to throw that up here in a second. We're going to hear from Trent Williams on the progress of Aaron Banks. We're going to go through his entire background as always, plus my draft write-up on him. Uh, because, again, it's still very, very <laughs> – um, there's nothing else to judge besides his college film. So we're going to jump into that height, weight, um, who he is off the field – all those different things. So as we go through that, let's throw some film up. Here we go. Um, he's playing left guard. This is Notre Dame, obviously. 
Um, so he will be at the left guard position throughout this entire breakdown. So uh, that's all he really played. He did get some snaps at left tackle. But um, if you like this and you want to hear all the audio commentary, me breaking down every single play, uh, footwork, hand placement, all those things, that's going to be found on Patreon. I think I have three full games up of him in college. Uh, Patreon.com slash 49ers Rush Podcast. Big news coming for Patreon on Monday. Unprecedented the amount of content we're going to be giving this year. So if you haven't signed up yet... Whew, I'm just telling you guys, uh, we'll be previewing all that on Monday. Now, Aaron Banks wears jersey number 65, which is fitting because he is six foot five. Came in weighing 325 pounds, but the coaching staff, Aaron Banks and Trent Williams, have talked about how he has lost almost 20 pounds since his rookie year to now. So now he's closer to 305, and he's already, you know, he's about to, once the season starts, he turns 25. So he's a little bit older. Um, his birthday September 3rd. So he'll be just turning 25, entering into his second season. Went to El Cerrito High School, the Gauchos, baby. Uh, just right there in the bay, just north of Oakland. And, man, he he's he's a fun kid. He really, really is. He, um, he enrolled um, in the College of Arts and Letters um, at Notre Dame, majored in film, television, and theater. It was given the nickname the Dancing Bear um, by his former Notre Dame offensive coordinator Chip Long. Just the energy and playing style. And while he was at Notre Dame, um, he hosted pizza night um, in his apartment for the entire offensive line. Now, they eventually moved it around and whatever, but you know it was very important for him to get the camaraderie together of the offensive line. And he was a leader of that, uh, played in a heck of a lot of games. Now, whenever he was back in high school, um, you know, El Cerrito was not a national power or state power in the football program at all. And they didn't really even have much of a weight room. So he had to take it upon himself. Him and his little brother would have to go up to the weight room at 4.30 in the morning to go lift throughout high school if they wanted access to do everything they wanted to do because there just was not enough room for you know all of the <laughs> players to get in there, which was a pain in the rear end. Um, now, let's look at kind of what he accomplished at El Cerrito. He was rated a four-star recruit. And he had offers from Arizona State, Arizona, Oregon, UCLA, Baylor, Florida, Michigan, Miami. He chose Notre Dame. And he was a stud basketball player, two-way player. He averaged 29 points his senior year in basketball, uh, which, you know, I, I went back and found some of those highlights. He's got some good feet now. Um, and you can tell some of it transfers over to the football field, which is a lot of fun. Um, and so, you know, he is a member of the 2013-2014 NCS Division Three championship football team for El Cerrito, the first in school history, which has got to be incredible. Um, then he goes, um, real quick, just a couple other um, rankings and whatnot from high school. He was considered the top offensive line prospect in NorCal, paved the way for El Cerrito offense. They averaged 29 points a game. Um First team, all USA, California. Um, first team, Max Preps. I mean, you can just go on and on and on. Now, the highest ranking that I saw was number 163 overall in the country or the number nine offensive guard. That was scout.com. The worst rating he had was from ESPN. They had him as an offensive tackle, um, number 28 as an offensive tackle. He did take some snaps at left tackle uh, for Notre Dame. And if you look at his metrics, which I mean, I'm getting a little bit out of um, – 
sorts here he has an athletic comp that is similar one of the highest rating uh similarities is anthony davis uh out of rutgers who was with the 49ers former first round pick so uh, body style wise arm reach you know all athleticism just think anthony davis just at a guard prospect he's got a really really long wingspan not super long arms but he's so wide over an 80 inch wingspan which is ridiculous um so he goes to notre dame didn't play any games as a true freshman. Um, then, once that happened, after that, it was just over. Uh, he stepped in, played all 13 games uh, sophomore year, started the last six, and never gave up another start again. Uh, started all 13 games junior year, started every single game senior year, and listened to some of these accolades. All-American first team from the AFCA. Associated Press, first team. Walter Camp, second team. Sporting News, second team. ESPN All-American team. Reese's Senior Bowl invite. That's huge for Kyle Shanahan. He loves Senior Bowl players. Um, All-ACC first team. Associated Press, All-ACC. Jim Moore Award finalist. ACC Offensive Lineman of the Week versus Clemson. Outland Trophy watch list. Preseason ACC team. Uh, I mean, he did it kind of all. And, of course... What's the common theme of every player on this roster? An honor roll recipient. Um, very, very important that that gets thrown in there because they're all, they all fit that. Now, if we look at his athletic profile, 6'5 and 3'8. He's tall for a guard, 86 percentile. 325 pounds. Now that's down to about 308, uh, 81 percentile. 40 yard dash, 5'3, not a mover. Uh, three cone, 7.7, not a mover. Vertical 31, that's incredible for that size. 24 bench press reps. And I think a big reason why the 49ers liked him so much is just how wide his shoulders and frame are. They That was talked a lot by uh, Shanahan and Lynch. And so they just had to slim him down to get him to where he was going to fit. You know, because here's the thing. I'll, I'll be real honest. I didn't do a pre-draft write-up on him last year because I looked at his height and weight and said he's not a, he's not a fit for this scene, for this scheme. But the 49ers personnel department said, okay, he is a fit, just not yet. So we're going to draft him for what he's going to be, not what he is. And this was the mistake I made along with other you know content creators and people covering the team thinking he was going to start right away. It just didn't work out. He had to change his entire body. Um, now, again, let, let's... Let's go to this. Let's listen to uh, Trent on just the differences in his body from year one and year two. This is Trent Williams. He's transformed himself, you know, in a few months. And to me, that's indicative of a lot, not just a good diet and a good workout regimen, but it's mental toughness for a guy to be able to go in and, and change his whole body composition in, you know, 90 days, so to speak. So um, Banks, his athleticism has always jumped off the board to be um, the size of a man that he is. But now, you know, shedding 20 pounds, um, I mean, he definitely looks light on his feet, looks footwork, looks 10 times better, his balance, his upper body lean, everything is like in place now. And I think he's ready to take that, that big jump from year one to year two. That doesn't get you excited. I don't know what, it, what else will. Now, to get Aaron Banks, let's talk about that. They drafted him number 48 overall last year, but 
there's a lot more to it because they traded back. And the 49ers were sitting there at number 43, okay? And they fell back five spots, okay? So let's, I, I love it. One of my favorite things to do is just to dig into the trades and the what ifs and who's and what it costs and all that stuff. Even though it's only been a year and we had, we don't know how it played out, who won, who lost. The trade was done with the Raiders. The 49ers gave up number 43 and number 230, a seventh round pick to get two picks back from the Raiders. They got number 48, so they fell back five spots and got a fourth rounder, number 121, okay? So you give up a second and a seventh to get a second and fourth. Huge jump up. You jumped up over 109 picks um, from your seventh round to the fourth round. That was the idea. What would the Raiders do with it? They took Trevon uh, Morrig, uh, the safety, um, and Jimmy Morrissey. I uh, don't know who that is, okay? But whatever, I don't care about them. Who'd the 49ers get? They got Aaron Banks. They traded back, and they took Aaron Banks whenever they were on the clock at 48. Then they traded that fourth rounder with another fourth rounder to move up and get Trey Sermon. Uh, that one, again, both those picks, Trey Sermon and Aaron Banks, basically redshirt years, right? What's the, the T-shirt that we made? If you look at the description of this video where our merch is, I got drafted by the 49ers and all I got was this red t-shirt. Uh, <laughs> like That's true for these two players. So we're going to have to see. Now, here are the players. When the 49ers were at 43 and dropped down five spots, these are the players that went in the draft. 43, Trevor Moorig. 44, cornerback, Kelvin Joseph. Not a you know, He was a character issue guy. He's a Cowboys. Yeah, that's who they are. Tackle, Walter Little. Um, tackle, Jackson Carmen. Cornerback, Asante Samuel Jr. right before the 49ers pick. Now, if you look at the 2022 depth chart for the 49ers, corner is not an issue anymore. They have more depth there than almost any position. At the time, Asante Samuel would have been a huge pickup for last year's 2021 team. You take it for what it is. Now, I'd be remiss if I did not mention this at least once in this pot, this show. 15 picks after Aaron Banks was selected, Creed Humphrey went, who is already... Um, perhaps the best center in the NFL, but uh, I digress anyway. Now, my draft write-up, after we drafted him, and I went back through all the film, here's what I came up with. Consistency. Two-and-a-half-year starter, very few negative plays. Um, not a highlight-type guy. Doesn't, like, you know, maul people like Trent Williams and get all these pancakes. Not what it is. Just always gets the job done. Didn't miss a game. 31 consecutive starts. For the people that are always like, man, why do we have all these injured players? Uh-uh-uh. You cannot say that about Aaron Banks. Wide-bodied, big guard, um, chore to get around. Like, it's just, you could see defensive linemen literally get engulfed in his 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 <laughs> width, I guess is the right word. He's just huge. Athleticism, better than you would expect. Um, he took snaps at right guard, right tackle, left tackle. Feet are good, not great, which I think, the as Trent said in that clip, Losing almost 20 pounds, that's going to help. Uh, amazing at combo blocks and stunts. That's where he kind of excelled. Awareness was A+. Plus. Uh, I saw several times where he would fill with one hand, looking the other way. Um, helped out the center tremendously. Um, so I like him. I really, really do like him. It's just, man, we haven't seen it. We haven't seen it at all. He showed up in nine games last year, but almost all that was special teams. He had 44 snaps in special teams, five one, two, three, four, fifth, uh, <laughs> five offensive snaps on the year, and those were trash time snaps. So to say we got a stud left guard, you can't do it. We haven't seen it. Whenever we saw him in the preseason at right guard, 
Didn't work. Left guard, we'll see. That's what he's accustomed to. So he's starting. Even if he struggles in the preseason, um, he's starting. Now, if he does not uh, live up to the starting potential in that left guard spot, I think Nick Zekiel, uh will be the first one. He's took most of the snaps, the rookie from Fordham. Uh, he took most of the snaps at left guard. You've got Spencer Burford taking snaps at right guard. Those are the backups. You know, Do they move people around? Do they put Jalen Moore, Colton McKivitz? There's options, but it's Aaron Banks' job to lose. And... Man, if, if he could just be average, <laughs> I said this about the center as well with Jake Brindle. If you could just get adequate play from your left guard and center position this year, the 49ers are going to be just fine. But again, if you come back in a DeLorean and somebody says, man, how did the 2022 49ers not make the playoffs? I'm telling you right now, the center and left guard position did not live up to the task. That's the question, right? And I hope if they do, 49ers are going to be fine. Great top 10 defense, almost guaranteed. Uh, you got playmakers out the wazoo on offense. It's just the center-left guard combo. 49ers believe in it enough to let Lakin walk and to allow this second-year player to step in. We're going to have to see it, though. We got to see it. So excited to watch this one in training camp and preseason games. It's going to be fun. Gosh, man, I really want to see great things from Aaron Banks. Want to say thank you to Josh and Anthony, our executive producers of this entire series. They are crushing it, and we're just going to keep counting them down. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.